how his country needs him here. Cristiano Ronaldo, yes! Oh, yes! Nani. Rooney! Oh, wonderful! What a goal! And what a time! In what a place! What a play! Wayne Rooney out of this world! Comes out to Essien! Oh, my goodness. What an unbelievable strike. It's Freddie Youngberg again, pushed out by Bartes. Wilson! Arsenal have scored yet again in the Premiership, and this could be the most crucial goal of all. The full-time whistle! It's glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur! What's up guys, welcome back to The Pace and The Power Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Dowling. And with me today, we've got the two Arsenal fans. That's how I always will collectively refer to you as. We've got Dixon in the bottom. Howdy. And we've got Pat in the top left. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you very much. Um, no hamsters, that's, nice no that's, 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 that's nice to hear. <laughs> thank you very much. That's what this is all about. Okay, that's what this is all about. The hamsters in Winter Wonderland. What's is it good? I, I've never been. I don't think it, it doesn't look very good, to be honest. But it looks like sort of place you take you take someone in sort of year ten when you before you're even together. But anyway, <laughs> I'm, sure having, I'm sure he's having a just lovely time. <laughs> yeah, you know, have a good have a good evening, Hamilton and Temi. Of course, snowed under as he always is. But what we are talking about today, well, first of all, let's just get let's get Stinkwatch right out of the way, right out, right off of the bat, out of the way. That's yeah. not a phrase. Um, plenty, well, we of, had, plenty of potential nominees this week, I think. That are oh, yes, I think the first person I want to discuss will be Thomas Party T T T T T T. Um, after P-U. a certain, <laughs> you've had the song, you've had the song, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out to Tom Kelvey, um, listener of the podcast. I've never actually had requests for Stinkwatch before. Actually, I have once for my brother, so that doesn't count. But um, yeah, he we seem to be very determined to put Thomas Party straight on this list. And to be honest, with a performance like that, um, hard to argue. Hard it's to my, argue. It's my understanding that that Tom is an Arsenal fan as well, isn't he? Oh yes. Oh yes. yeah. As as obviously <laughs> both of us are. Um, and let's just say as well. I mean. Listeners, if you if you want to send in Stinkwatch recommendations, I think we should we'll, we'll be making it a weekly tweet or social media thing at this point. If you want to get your get your suggestions in, because I think this is a very a very collaborative effort. Stinkwatch is something that everyone is part of. Um, <laughs> everyone is party, uh, who I would say is oh, okay. player of the week. <laughs> um, oh, well, another another nominee from that fixture. There's t- uh, Abamyang was terrible but less sort of specific i think it's got to be for me has he been on Odegaard. Um, oh, yeah odegaard was worse no, what, no you can't you can't score the equalizing goal i'll be honest i don't care i don't care what jorginho jorginho did that last week yeah but he's funny oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> let me just say let me just say straight away um manchester United versus arsenal that is like the stink watch derby if a, if a stink watch player didn't come out from that derby we wouldn't be doing <laughs> the jobs right <laughs> um, I'm sure players played way worse over the weekend. I'm sure that we've had we've seen some horror shows in your your Brighton yeah. and Southamptons. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> um, 
Tottenham Harry Kane Hitler's... not managing to put anything up Harry against Kane. Norwich. Like, Harry Kane could be could be Harry Kane. I, so far, he might be stink watch. Him and Harry Maguire. It's a Harry off, I think. It's a Harry Maguire, Harry Kane boxing match. For yeah, Ed, you're, you're two heroes. How does that, how does that make true. you feel? Um, I, I feel like Abamyang. how can he be ducking and diving this conversation? I think he's had the yeah, two no, Aubameyang, worst Aubameyang misses least, of the season in like got like two consecutive five. games. Yeah, he's also got like five <laughs> times like goals as Harry goals. Kane. Kane's got one. Whatever. Um, you know, uh, your guy's got the same number of goals as... Gabriel Martinelli. He's got less than three so, now. Okay, so let, let's go over the nominees from this match because, to my mind, there's around four, maybe. Okay. Um, All right. I'll just rattle off quickly. I was going to say Thomas Party, Martin Odegaard, um, Abama Yang, and David De Gea. Uh, as well, oh, we're gonna all no, 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 no. I think, I think that De Gea is for his performance was generally good, but it's for one specific moment. Obviously, you know, what I'm talking about, yeah, oh, yeah, what was so that? pathetic. And, and I think the more we've reflected on this goal, uh, me, I think it is just his fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, like it was a bizarre situation for listeners who didn't watch the match, um, at a co- free kick or corner, corner, one of the two, corner, um. Uh, David De Gea's own player trod on the back of his leg or Fred. Back, of his, back of his foot. Fred, yeah, who had a Fred trod on him. He's he's turning to a real player now, guys. I hate it. Yeah. Um, he's downloaded some Brazilian genes. <laughs> playing playing well week in week out at this point. I, hate, <laughs> I really don't enjoy it. But um, yeah, Fred stood on De Gea's leg. Uh, De Gea is a a very big, grown up man, six foot five. Um, <laughs> defend, you know, defending a corner, and he, he just threw himself to the floor. And within seconds, uh, Smith Rowe had, had volleyed in from outside the box. What was a very so, good volley? Good volley, yeah. But a keeper who was on his feet would have probably saved it. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> well, I do not know what... I, I, th- I think it might be to do with this keeper overprotection thing where they just expect to... Oh, we'll get onto that. We'll get onto that later. <laughs> <laughs> we will. I've actually but, got that down on my list. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, instead of... And the thing is, yeah, I said this on the group chat. If, um, if he then you know, sold the performance by getting stretched off. Fine. That's one thing. As soon as the goal was given, he leapt up to complain to the referee. Dude, sell it. You're Stinky. injured, right? Well, he was up, he was up before that. Like it took like four minutes for the ref yeah. to make this cool. But I still think it's probably Thomas Party. Um he just looks fat. He just looks fat. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so he, fat. Uh, he looked. He looked drunk. Like he, <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen a player who looked drunk on the pitch. Well, but... You know, we're we're talking about a game that was the day after three Wizkid concerts. Oh, the, the 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 build up of Hangover must be absolutely <laughs> crazy. <from> something <laughs> like that. <laughs> he was dreadful. What? I think uh, that's one of the worst games. That's probably, you said it's the worst game he's ever played for in an Arsenal shirt. Yeah, yeah, he has played some bad games. Um, yeah. But well, he probably thought because he because he was like unplayable last time. He was Old Trafford. He thought you know, average it out a bit. Didn't play. <laughs> it was it was basic stuff. It was like there was a period of about twenty minutes where every time he had the ball, he gave it away. It was actually infuriating. And this this is a player I like. Like you know, I like Thomas. Oh Parker. yeah. I think when he plays well, he's really really good. But it's, this season has been so inconsistent. Yeah. Bordering, bordering on 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 flop territory. At this yeah, point. He's, he's he's nearing into the bust zone. I think. Oh, he just and it's like it's like if he just got his fitness sorted out and focused a bit more, sometimes he could be in the like from a talent perspective and what attributes he has. There's no reason why he couldn't be one of the best centre mids in the league. But 
It's mm. just got to sort mm. it out. Reminds, reminds me of someone, hmm, hmm, who does Tottenham have on the bench that never ever plays anymore? Because he's immensely talented. Oh, look, the self <laughs> Yeah, oh. I said immensely talented. Actually, yeah. <laughs> wait, is this is this Deli Ali or Undombele you're talking about? I genuinely don't. Undombele, Undombele, Deli Ali is that Undombele is it's the same. It's they're different midfielders in a lot of way, but I see what you mean. It's sort of like this, like as we would consider as fans to be quite a basic yeah. hurdle to overcome, like just Ooh. being fit. Well, actually, so Dixon from this game, who would you nominate? Who would I nominate? Yeah, for Stinkwatch. Yeah, I think it has to be party because he's the one you expect. Yes, I don't think he was the worst player on the pitch. No, he wasn't. I um, don't think he was the worst midfielder on the pitch. I don't think he's he... now nah, Bruno played. Um, yeah. no, because I know because he was better than I would say he was better than Bruno and he was better than Odegaard. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, he, oh, I, God, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But the reason why I, I so, yeah, Stinkwatch, we've nominally said, is sort of a good player having a bad game. And for that reason, I think it's important to suggest Edouard Mendy as well. Ooh, 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 ooh. Let, me, let me talk about this. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, go on. I'd say, so Jorginho, needed to say, did something catastrophically bad uh, in the lead up to this goal. And I recommend anyone, uh, before you listen to the rest of what I'm oh, going to no, say, I, oh. watch it. Because it, 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 it's something that needs to be seen a to be believed and to be a, and b be understood in sort of the the context of stink watch. But Edward Mendy, he when he receives that terrible terrible back pass from a, the third place Ballon d'Or player Jorginho, um, <laughs> he does the most baffling thing where I'm screaming in my head. And I hate Chelsea as much as the next guy. I'm screaming in my head. Just clear it. He Get takes rid. a touch and he takes another touch to try and like. Like, what are you trying to do? Like, what are you I, trying to do? He, he went to, like, shield the ball, didn't he? Like, Bizarre. it's like on, no, it's like no, on no. FIFA when you press the wrong button and you're like, like oh, fuck, died. stop. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry, but Party does actually have to be spared, doesn't he? Because Jorginho has to go on Stinkwatch this week. It was on last week. Oh, it was on last week. Did, did, we, did we get him on last week? Was he, was he on last uh, week? Yeah, no, no, he was, because we did the Ballon d'Or episode, and obviously... Oh, okay, okay. And I, I'm Although, I don't know. Well. No, because this, this week... Oh no! Fuck no! That was last week. Then again, back it's two weeks, balance. two weeks in a row that he's made a mistake that leads immediately to goal. The fact that this guy, third in the fact third in the Ballon d'Or, this this podium finishing player can be back to back nominated for Stinkwatch is absolutely but insane. Again, but then again, Stinkwatch is as prestigious as the Ballon d'Or because did you see the? That uh, conversation where someone asked the Uzbekistan <laughs> journalist why he didn't put Lewandowski in his top five <laughs> and sent back a picture of his ultimate team card with pace <laughs> circles <laughs> in red and said he was too slow and didn't Doesn't do, do, any skill do skills in real life. In real life. <laughs> oh, I think That's that what guy needs to go into, into glory watch because that <laughs> might be the, amazing. the giga chad move. <laughs> <laughs> That is absolutely amazing. And I also I love the fact that it was this was a conversation happening on Instagram DMs. <laughs> uh, and yeah, um, so so this this again furthers our perspective that the Ballon d'Or is a, a utterly fraudulent award. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, let's talk about Stinkwatch. Let's talk. Let's go back to Stinkwatch. And I think Edward Mendy, in my personal opinion, is a good shot because. It's such a high. Well, a he's used to such a high standard. I think everyone yeah. can agree he's one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And B, he had such a bad performance. 
Um, it wasn't like Jorginho where he just missed a pass. By Jorginho's standards, that's just a regular game. That's, you know, yeah. that's another day on the job. Whereas Edward Mene doing that is unheard of. And we'll get to, and that's the first incident giving away a ridiculous penalty. The second incident is whatever he was doing for uh, <laughs> Masawaku's shot, in quotation marks. Yeah. Didn't mean that. Never, ever meant that. And he's like no, no. 10 yards off his line for some reason. Even though he's defending a cross? No, and he's genuinely not that far off his line. He just decides to dive for it. Yeah, he was really, really... That's what... Because, like, in slow motion, it looks like, oh, he might be in wrong... He might have been wrong-footed. Oh, it's just an error. But then in normal time, you watch it, and he just takes so long to react. Like, he, he had a good sort of... Because the shot... The, well, the, it, the cross as, that went it's in... It's as if he spends, like, half the time the, the shot is coming towards him. Like, wait a second, is this... Is this guy actually doing a cross this far <laughs> wide? Well, that's the he's thing, like yeah, in his head laughing at Masuaku as it he, comes flying into the net. Yeah, he, he's, he's already sort of like, but by the time this shot is all this cross is already clearly heading towards the opposite side of his goal. He's like, he's still running out to claim the cross rather than mm. readjusting his position to go and save where obviously he's going to be. Um, should have been an easy catch. Uh, terrible performance. Yeah, I think either one of those, if he if he did either one of those uh, mistakes and just that was all he did wrong, I don't think that's Stinkwatch worthy. But both of those in a crucial game that Chelsea needed to win, and uh, he was a massive part of why they lost. Yeah, welcome, welcome to Stinkwatch. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> we don't have Fantastic. a goalie, do we? No, I don't think so. I don't think have so. We, so. Have we not had Alisson? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Maybe. I think we might have put Alison. It's good to have two of the best goalkeepers in the world. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> I think Alison was in. This okay. This leads me on to another theory as well. Um, West Ham this season, and I want to. I want to start off by saying West Ham been really good this season. They're a very, very good team. Genuinely um, good team. Yeah. Genuinely good. Uh, good to watch. I have no complaints about West Ham, but but my one complaint about West Ham is it's like been a weird trend of keepers having like horror classes <laughs> at, um, at the Olympic Stadium. Like, yeah. Alisson, it was almost similar to the Masawaka goal in terms of just, just baffling decisions in the goal just to sort of throw it in your own net, like match-fixing level. So, <laughs> West Ham, we're on to you, okay? Yeah. Um, on Fraud Watch this week is definitely definitely West Ham. I think something, something, something stinky is going on over there. And it's not Look just it. Edward Mendy. He's on his line. He's not off his line. Oh, okay. We've we've been sent the uh, the recording of of Mendy's second second error. Uh, let's let's have a look at this for research purposes. Just to be fair, because we are you know Stinkwatch, we like to be fair. Yeah. Okay, I see a beleaguered Christensen. <laughs> also, also the fact that Masuaku is just standing still with the ball for about ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, that's that's absolutely criminal, actually. For Edouard Mendy, but, that is absolutely absolutely. Mendy's ridiculous. not off his line. No, no, it's just it's just it's just poor reactions. That's all it is. Um, and the dive wasn't good either. No, it's such. I, can I just say this might be the worst cross I've ever seen as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a knuckleball that goes in completely the wrong direction. You know, what I think leads us into Stinkwatch territories as well. Is not only if he just failed to collect the cross and it just went in. Fine, but the fact that he dives so spectacularly, basically yeah. into the net and punches <laughs> it into the goal, is so yeah. bad. And I think if there's two goals in one match, where afterwards the camera lingers on the on the keeper, the keeper's reaction, that is guaranteed stink watch. So yeah, guaranteed. Edward Mendy, welcome, welcome to stink watch, welcome to stink but watch. Speaking um, of stink, 
Please take it away, Pat. What are we talking Let's about today? Let's talk about the theme of today's episode, which is our pet hate in football. The things that just irrationally annoy us. Uh, I think it's fair to say irrational. This isn't, you know, stuff like diving or yeah. my team losing. This is stuff that <laughs> shouldn't annoy you as much as it does, but it just gets to you. Yeah. So uh, I think as a disclaimer, first and foremost, um, I think this may cross over with our Games Gone episode a little bit. I'm definitely going to repeat some of the points, but I'm going to elaborate a bit more on them. Um, Let's and be honest, generally... you guys can't remember what that episode contained, so yeah, we can say whatever we want. <laughs> You're an old amnesia. But um, basically, obviously, we're not going to be going down things like, uh, oh, we don't like diving. As you said, that VAR, like everyone hates those things. We're talking about specific to us. Um, I mean, go more broad as well if you want. I'm going to take my jumper off because I'm about to get very. Uh, I also say hot. That's not really. Yeah, it's not really. Right <laughs> <laughs> you have to tag this not safe wow, for work. Wow! 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 <laughs> I, I knew. I knew. Really you would be doing it. <laughs> I knew I'd be hearing Marvin Gaye as soon as I took my jumper off. <laughs> That's staying in. Yeah, I've so Marvin Gaye was it that that bad sounds fucking Yeah, I think so. Okay, right. So I think format wise, shall we just go around? No particular no order, no structure. Just sort of be like, what's yours? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll start off quite, quite small, quite small. We'll, we'll build up. Um, intentional, or I perceive it to be intentional. Weird name pronunciation. Two classic examples. Um, the quite famous one is uh, Kevin De Brana. Kevin De... <laughs> I think it's Derek Ray on FIFA pronounces his name as Kevin De Brana. Yeah. And Bruno Fernandes. Fernandes. <laughs> what? Um, I'm sure there's other examples, but I I don't like extremely over attempts to to accurately uh, say a person's name and going so far that you actually say it wrong because you're trying yeah, so yeah. hard to sound in in the dialect of where that person is from. Um, and the brand, yeah, I think people, that's like a meme, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so people just, just can't stand it anymore. Yeah. Derek Ray is really, really my, my number one target for this. Because FIFA, you play a lot of FIFA, you, you hear some... <laughs> Really bizarre I've, I've got, pronunciations. Honestly, out. I've got I've got to mute it. I, I don't. I can't listen to the commentary. It's, it's, it's too horrific. shit. Um, but yeah, it, it's annoying. It's annoying. There's as well on this. I mean, I asked I asked Hamilton this in the group chat like a week ago because I, I I was left a bit baffled. I the Crystal Palace centre back who was signed from Chelsea in the summer. Yep. I've heard about fifth commentators pronounce his name about five different ways. Gehi, so is, I, is what I Gehi, was, was correct. Gehi, yeah. yeah, me too. But I've heard, I've heard Gwehi, I've heard Gay. What okay. is it? Which one is it? <laughs> well, I mean, I think if you guys, if you pay some power historians out there, would know that the very first time we talked about Mark Gehi on the plane episode, I think. Uh, Hamson oh yeah, suggested him a fantastic shot uh, retrospectively for his championship player to include on a plane, and I myself was like, what, how do you pronounce that name? So I, I concede this is a difficult name to, to pronounce. Yeah. However, if your professional, if your profession is to commentate, you have to get it right every single time. You can't be adding your own little spin. You can't be trying to speak like you're from Portugal. You, Derek Ray is so Scottish. Just say <laughs> Bruno Fernandes. People will know who you're talking about. Bruno Fernandes. I don't even think that's how Portuguese people say it. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to type it in on the Google pronunciation. I'll see how it's actually okay, okay. definitively pronounced. 
Let's see if it comes through my mic. Pronunciation. Can you guys think of any other ones as well? Completely different. Um, I'm trying to get some. It's not another one, but where do you stand on the complete opposite of this, where they put no effort into saying names whatsoever? <laughs> I.e. Paul Merson. <laughs> Paul Merson is just like idiocy, though. <laughs> Paul Merson gets pre- presented with like a very easy to pronounce foreign name, and he's totally stumped. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to think of one. Like, I feel like I feel like Ahmed Musa. He would have a real difficulty getting pronounced yeah, it's just it's just not an english name so you weirdly... yeah <laughs> maza <laughs> right hang on here we go here we go let's see you guys tell me if you can hear this bruno fernandes oh fernandes fernandes one more time uh, don't... fernandes bruno fernandes Fernandes. It's like a cockney person saying oranges right at the end. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Bruno Fernandes. Also, it is um, a poor person pronouncing it. <laughs> yeah, but um, I kind of hate that. I think they should, footballers' names should just be pronounced in a uniform way and um, standardized. Don't the textbook for this. Yeah, yeah. Stop it. Stop yeah, it. Yeah, if you if you're the first commentator to say someone's name, everyone has to follow suit. Yeah. Yep. You said once, it's, tr- once it's been said, that's decided. <laughs> All right. Pat, do you have any true hatred of the game? Pet peeves? Pet peeves, I would say. Now, a lot of people say say short corners for this, which I have no issue with because I, I understand how they work. I was actually going to say outswinging corners. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, for, yeah, again, for our, for our sort of less football-inclined listeners, um, Imagine, you know, imagine a corner, you understand that. Uh, an in-swing one is obviously where like the ball arcs and comes back in towards the goal. Uh, an outswinging one does the reverse. It sort of bends away from the goal. Um, and the former just seems so... I, I have no stats for this. It might be the outswinging ones are for some reason better. Uh, but in-swinging ones put the sort of momentum of the ball already going towards the goal. So... yeah. I feel like you're more likely to score like sort of glancing headers without needing to. With with outsourcing corners, it has to be like some fucking bullet header to to go in, and yeah, that just doesn't happen as much as in in swing uh, ones. The, co- quite... the corresponding fullback on the far corner of the box volleying it back in. That's the yeah. only way you can score. I yeah. think there's a number of caveats to this. I agree with you, but I think there's a number of caveats. First, if you're trying to go for a 30-yard touchback. Skulls. If you're trying to do skulls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will always, I don't care if for the rest of Premier League history, if every single corner is someone trying to do a skulls, I will watch it and I will love it. So that's number one caveat. Number two. It should be a, it should be a mandate. It should be like, like uh, the Premier League actually rules that once per game you have to try that routine. Right, a The other team, it's like announced, and the other team isn't allowed to mark him. And you well, know, they announce you know, on the tannoy. You know, and you know here we have today the skulls <laughs> attempt. <laughs> you know, and you know the corner taker does like a symbol to tell the defenders what one they're going for. For that, they should just like pop a bollock out, <laughs> point at their toes. Yeah. <laughs> and my second caveat for that would be that um, I find it extraordinary because I have short corners on my list, but this is kind of a better one um, is an in swinging corner that is easily claimed by the goalkeeper. I just despise that. It, <laughs> it diffuses everything for me when a keeper just comes out, catches it, and sinks to his knees like that. 
It's so frustrating. In fact, keepers doing that in general, catching the ball and sinking down to their knees. I, I absolutely no, I, fu- it. I fucking love that. That would be all my pet loves. <laughs> pet such, loves. It's, it's only, it's it's only funny if my keeper does it. Yeah, oh, obviously, yeah. If someone's doing it to me, I'm furious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so one of those like... ones where it depends. If it happens to you, it's horrific. Like, it's so aggravating. Ben Foster was one of the worst for those down there. <laughs> he, he loved it. He absolutely loved it. Bro, I've, um, I've noticed this from Ramsdale already. Ramsdale loves it. Yeah, like, Ramsdale loves he, it. He, like, he'll sink to, to the ground uh, and just lie <laughs> on the ball for about 20 seconds. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good one. Outswinging corners. Um, it, I always tip, typically sort of associate them with like quite root one teams that try their, their tactic is sort of hit the big man on the back post to head it back. Yeah. I'm like, why didn't you just... I know this is, this is very, very over oversimplifying uh, modern football tactics, but why don't you just, you know skip, you know, cut the middleman out and just put it into the area you, you were uh, trying to get into anyway. Why are you having to go back out and in, yeah. back out and in? Um, but that is a good one. That is a good one. Ed, do you have, I must, I hope you have a, uh, a pet peeve. We're in trouble if episode. not. We're in a pretty short episode. <laughs> no, I, I love everything about football. <laughs> love the game. It's perfect. <laughs> I'm a real student of the game. Jamie Carragher. Um, <laughs> throw-ins that don't go to your man. Oh. It's so easy. It's just so easy. I feel like this is something I don't notice that often. Yeah. I remember Bellerin. Bellerin. Oh, no, Bellerin was, oh, was a foul no, throw. Foul, foul, no, foul Bellerin was foul yeah. throws, which, argue, to be fair, arguably worse. I think that's, that's losing, not pet hate. That's just hate. <laughs> losing possession from a throw-in, like, just throw it at him. Well, I was going to say a separate one to this, but now that you've said it, it's actually very similar. I was going to say... Uh, a, like a long throwing oh, bit just, that just long. chucking it down the oh I like, thought like, you were going to say just once... chucking it down the line and no one gets it no that's kind that, of what that I'm one's... talking about yeah I don't mind that one so much because I get the whole sort of gaining territory thing um but like when when because there's so much anticipation when a player is clearly about to go for a long throw in right so like they're doing all the they've got their towel or whatever they've they rubbed the ball against the shirt Nuno Tavares did it against Man United and they have this proper big long up and then the ball just sort of like floats a couple of feet in front of them <laughs> who was it it's... who was it at the world cup who like did the run-up for the one oh, where you like do the flip the, and then the, the, guy. the radiant guy yeah that is one that's football heritage right there that is yeah that's... if this podcast was around when that happened i think i don't even know what we would have done i think we'd have invented a whole new there'd be a whole episode about that basically <laughs> no i think it's a it's a very similar issue to just not doing a corner properly but like yeah, not getting I, know, I was a, I was a fullback for a long time. Like throwing the ball to someone, there's nothing. There's really nothing to. It. I think it's in the same. And anyone ballpark. just throwing the ball up down the line, it's so Sunday League. Throwing the ball down the line is so <laughs> Sunday League. Would you say it's in the same ballpark as corners hitting the first man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corners yeah. hitting the first man. So does, this, does this frustrate you more because you were a fullback? Probably. Because that is like the, the fullback's one sort of like, that's the, the thing, one thing they are solely responsible for. Yeah. Oh, that's Very another pet hate. Players, players who aren't fullbacks taking oh, throws. Yeah, to be fair. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> and on a similar vein, players who aren't the keeper taking the goal kick. Oh, that's just... You, do you see that at, at Premier League? No, 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 no. We actually do this sometimes. But it, it's for a different reason. It's because sometimes... so. We do like a short free kick routine, basically, where Gabriel just sets it off to Ramsdale so that he can advance a bit and then ping it off to someone specific, which I quite like because Ramsdale is actually really good with his feet. Um, so it seems like the most marginal of games. Free kick. Oh, definitely, definitely. But it's it's you know it's just a slightly different way of doing it. It is, but when it's when it's a 
centre back taking a long goal kick, shoot the goalie there and then. <laughs> you can't kick it hard enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not be able to kick the ball hard enough. Do you think could you, if you had to pick a prem goalkeeper who you think would do that, who do you think it would be? Current prem goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, Screams Daya to me. <laughs> <laughs> I smell weakness now after that performance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, okay. Throwing bad throw-ins. Yeah. Uh, throw-ins are just a weird part of the game, to be honest. They're just a weird sort of. Yeah. Um, people saying, "Oh, you should replace them with kick-ins." No, because then you've got to regulate how they can kick it. Yeah. Like, if you open in like a bullshit. like a seven-a-side league where the ref is like, "No, you can't kick it off the ground." You can't they have kick to do the. Far. They have to do the invisible spray to do like a five foot diameter around wherever the kick it is every single time. No, they should just, right. they should just play in a cage like five aside. <laughs> oh, one, just one more question before we move off this Dixon. Is there a player that springs to mind as being a, a poor throwing taker? I mean, Bellerin always used to piss me off. But... Yeah, definitely. Definitely. He's just not good at throwing to full stop though. Other yeah. than him, other than him basically is what I'm saying. No one springs to mind because it doesn't happen that often, but whenever it happens, I'm like, fucking hell. Get your act together. I think anyone could could fall victim to it, can't they? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. I love okay. goalies. When it, the very very rare cases where goalies have to take a throw in, I think that's ridiculous. Ooh, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen Ramsdale do that this season, where like we it was one of those situations where we were chasing a goal, and it was like ninety plus six, and they clear it, the ball was out, and Ramsdale just runs and just throws it straight away back to the defender. Um, doesn't happen very, enough. Very total football vibes. Like, very like Barclays. Yeah. Um, okay. My next moan is generally about football stadium structure. And, this, and whilst that may sound the most boring thing in the entire world, hear me out. Um, number one, I think literally everyone in the universe can agree with this. Whenever your team is playing away in uh, a European competition or England or whatever, um, old European football stadiums that have a massive running track between the pitch oh. and the seats is, is so disgusting. <laughs> um, I remember the Champions League final between Barca and Juventus. It's, it's still stuck in my mind, burned into my brain. I think Neymar or Suarez, one of the two from MSN, it weren't Messi though, scored the, the clinching goal to win the Champions League. And I remember he took a shot off and he ran over the barrier and he literally sprinted for like 50 yards and he kept going <laughs> because the fans were 50 yards away oh. from the barrier. And it's like going across the running track. There's like stewards everywhere. It's all this random BS. It's so aesthetically unpleasing, unenjoyable. Yeah. Displeasing yeah. as, as some might say. Displeasing but, um... if you're a nerd. And, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you speak words. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, and in the, in the same notion of that, and this is maybe a very Spurs specific moment, but I noticed at the Norwich game today, Really bad vibes. screen not being big enough. But yes, definitely yes. <laughs> but the corner pitch, the corner of the pitch where they where they took the corners, obviously. Um at the Spurs ground at least. Really? Um, this might be different. Shut up. At, at different grounds, but it's like a, there's like a dip. There's like a you have to walk up a little slight mound to get to the corner. There's not any space. So when Human Son, who's our corner taker, he has to step down this little mound and then run up the mound to take the corner. That's horrific. That, is so, that, in my, that in my brain, that is like I imagine myself doing that. That like that would ruin my corner every single time. If I had to run up a little hill. Was that in? Was that in? Did you? Was that? Uh, was that away today? No, we were at home to. Uh, oh, okay. Why? Why the fuck does? Why does such a big new stadium have I that? I think Old Trafford has it as it's well. A, it's like a retract because we've got a retractable pitch underneath. 
Oh, um, I was gonna say if it was because if it was at Norwich's ground, I was gonna say it's like some Anglo-Saxon burial mound <laughs> or something. <laughs> That's the some tractor flint, only the, plowed the through last week. In there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I just find that really uh, kind of bad vibes. I want it to be nice and flat, my full pitch, and I want just, my fans just to be right on the edge. On yeah. the on the running track um, thing, and I hate running tracks as well, but obviously mainly for sort of atmosphere reasons. But I, for me, it's less of a pet hate than it. It fills me with like slight anxiety about because they're running with studs on that right and i'm yeah. always like you know, you know when you're sort of you know tracking back from a five-a-side game with your with your mold still on and you have to walk on pavement and like the whole time you're like oh my, my balance isn't going to be quite the same and if you fall over on a running track that's grazed knees you know that's going to be really <laughs> painful like, i'm always wait, grazed his knee in the championship yeah, I took, I took, like <laughs> motion for the bench ah! <laughs> which is and yeah when, when they leap over the hoardings to like run across the running track to the fans i'm always like oh there's such a high chance of them yeah, slipping over. Wrong. never does yeah. that quite nah, nice. i never never I've for never some reason it. whenever i'm like watching one that's got a running track i'm like oh what if there's someone running though <laughs> <laughs> what if the track meets that day <laughs> <laughs> No, it's terrific. And it's usually Italy is the big one I have in my mind. Uh, that is a big offender of the big running track around the st- around the pitch. It's just, just get rid of it. Just stop it. Just uh, stop it. You might know this a bit more because you're, you're you're an Italian football fan. But isn't am I right in thinking that Italy is quite notorious for poor stadium quality? Yeah, I think um, it was a lot. A lot of their stadiums are like post-war. Yeah, um, both in terms of them falling apart and also like. Uh, where, where they have all the cameras for like televised games in really weird spots, like yeah. it feels so antiquated, it's not and... fit for purpose at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I always thought, um, this is a big tangent going on here, but uh, England, especially a lot of the football stadiums, or most of the football stadiums in England in general, are like more of a square, rectangular shape where they have def- definitive yeah. corners. Where Italian stadiums and Spanish stadiums they tend to be like bowls, they tend to be more mm. circular. Um, which in general, I think is a far less pleasing shape to have your football stadium. I know I'm sounding very Brexit here about you are, you my are. stadiums, but I don't care. Yeah, so stadiums in general... Um, you have to get it right. And I think a lot of uh, some, some certain nations do not get it right, in my personal opinion. Do you have, do you have a, what, what's your ideal stadium then? What, what's the best you've been to? Well, the best, I've, I've been to a fair few in the UK. I don't think I've been to any outside of uh, the UK. So I'm really not the best in the Well, you went to that person. one. Didn't you go to that one where Tottenham lost the Champions League final? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, talking about. I went to the Wanda Metropolitana. And that was good. Like it was fine, and it, bear in mind at that point it was a brand spanking new stadium. I mean, our stadium pisses all over that one. Yeah, um, yeah. So I gotta admit that this new Spurs stadium, which doesn't have a name, which is a fucking pet peeve as well. Uh, that's really irritating. That's a really nice stadium. Um, yeah, I'd say in general, if I if we ever do a pet love episode, is uh, some of the most aesthetically pleasing games to watch on TV are like championship games where. The fans are like next to the pitch, and you're clearly in like a square ground, and you can just see everything. There's no BS. Yeah. You can see basically the top of the stand in the in the picture. I just like that. It gives a more complete sense of what you're watching. Whereas all, all, all the stadiums in the Premier League with the best atmosphere are the sort of 
one like so you got Anfield Old Trafford I've heard is actually not great for atmosphere um yeah but uh Anfield Selhurst Park and that's like a proper championship mm. stadium Bramall um, Lane was a was a classic example of what I'm talking about yeah. Lane, uh, Ellen Road as well that it just makes it better um and the, the ones that you can like the ones that would be described in cliche terms as cauldrons like bubbling cauldrons are almost always not the cauldron ones the, the <laughs> yeah. square ones yeah. Um, I will say as my last point on this on this weird pet peeve of mine, the main offending stadium I have in mind is the Stadio Olimpico. So if you guys know, this is the Roma and Lazio Stadium, and it's just horrific, horrific. Tear it down, build a new one. Who wants to go next? <laughs> what are you guys? What are you guys thinking? Who wants to go next? Who's got a peeve? Uh, yeah, go on, go on. Um, okay. Uh... I this is another sort of Arsenal one. A lot of mine are based on Arsenal because typically I find those an annoying club because I support them. Um, but uh, it's kickoffs where the club team immediately boots it up the other end of the pitch for a throw in just to gain territory. Uh, so nerdy, so shit. I just don't get it. Like so, in, this always. I think we've stopped. We, we only do it occasionally recently, but last season it was like every single game. If we're kicking off, uh, the, it's normally just the game and not like the second half. Um, but one player will kick it to another, and just they'll lump it deliberately out of play, or or just like um, or towards their centre backs, in the hope that they'll miscontrol it mm. uh, and put them under immediate pressure. But what almost always happens is that we just seed possession and end up starting on the back foot. It's like just, tactics. just no it, it's well it's 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 attempted galaxy brain tactics which have it's gone that, so it's that meme of uh of the old the ancient human being who looks a bit like an ape thinking like that thinking of a <laughs> concept when in reality it's just kicking the ball really far and losing it basically. yeah yeah um just kick the ball to your own team how hard yeah, could it crap. be well of shit yeah I, I agree with you that is that is just why? And it really go, it really goes against like like I don't know. I feel like that would work for better for sort of a uh route one. I mean you can joke that Arteta ball is a route one team, but you know, that would be a sort of stoke, your Burnleys, you know. Yeah. Um not your Arsenal's Arsenal's are, are well not Arteta's tricky tricky reds. <laughs> They're definitely not route one. Um no. So yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. Um I think stuff like that in general, stuff that makes you think as a fan, what are they doing in training? That, that is that line <laughs> yeah. that comes up in your head. Anything that makes me think that uh, really gets my go um, when I'm watching football. So that, that is definitely one of them. Just blasting out a play, like you're getting paid how much to just, I can do that. I literally could do that. I, I, usually, I always say <laughs> I could do that. Most times I definitely could not. I could, I could hit the ball out of play with alarming regularity. <laughs> you know, put me in, put me in. Arteta. I could execute your game plan perfectly. <laughs> To be fair, anything anyone does on the pitch, it's like, well, I could have done that better. Immediately, I'm angry. I'm furious. <laughs> yeah. Ed, have you got a pet peeve? Uh, straight at the back. Don't like it. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just don't judge. like it? How was that pet peeve? It's a whole tactical system. <laughs> It's just not for me. All right, please explain. Please, please yeah, go. Yeah. What, what don't you like about th- three defenders instead of four or five? Well, because three at the back is always five defenders. Too many defenders. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, we played, we technically played three at the back today, but 
like realistically. Yeah, but you got you then using old school wingers. Yeah. Then shit, play four four two. Are you talking about five at the back? I'm talking about five, five at the back. Okay. I'm technically talking about five at the back, but three at the back is always five at the back in my three head. Three at the back think... quite often is five at the back. Yeah. You think yeah, three at the back is sort of hiding in plain sight, basically? Sort of. Yeah. Also, I take the... as being offensive. Okay. Tuchel, when Tuchel took over at Chelsea, it was five at the back. It's become more of a three at the back where the wing backs are actually like wingers, basically. But yeah. uh, when he started, it was it was literally like every man behind the ball. <laughs> Basic, I think I'm basically talking about negative football, but three yeah. at the back is what it is. Symptom uh, of negative like, football, I'll get you. Yeah. Like, I want to watch attacking football. I want to watch people, like, do something interesting with the ball. I don't want to watch a load of defenders who don't really do anything fun, sit behind the ball, and then you've got your whole midfield behind the ball as well. So your pet peeve is Chelsea Football Club, is what you're saying. Yeah. My pet peeve is Chelsea Football <laughs> Club, but I, yeah. Just, I mean, it pisses me off when we play three at the back as well. Oh god, that was those were truly dark times. We were probably more <laughs> successful then as well. Yeah, you know what? I actually, misery. I watched it because Spurs played three at the back. It's Norwich today, and it was a pure three four three. It was not five, definitely not five. Who were you, oh, who were your who were your wingers? We had Regulon and Tanganga, and then Tanganga is just not out to be a winger, so he got subbed off for Doherty, who actually played quite well. Um, so I'm telling you, five of the back merchant, he is. Mm. He is. And the thing is, to get replaced, I know this is a big tangent, but to not be picked, to be have an out of position Tanganga picked ahead of you when you are signed for that explicit purpose at right back, that's so embarrassing. Yeah. So our new right back, your instinct. When was the last week. time you played before today, to be fair? Uh, conference League. It was bad. <laughs> um, okay. So, Ed, do you think you've covered everything there about your hatred of that tactical system? Yeah, it's not it's not particularly deep. I just, I don't know, it's it's just not exciting to watch. Have you seen the three at the back that you do enjoy? No. Okay, oh, it is literally a blanket, a blanket <laughs> ban. <laughs> blanket ban. You know, put me ahead okay. of FIFA, you're not allowed it. There's like a, there's a maximum number of defenders you're allowed on the pitch. So our solution so far is and basically is skull, man, mandatory skulls corner and four at the back. I think this makes the game a lot more fun. Yeah. You, can do, um, you right. can do whatever you want with the rest of the players, but you're only allowed four defenders. Yeah. Uh, has anyone got any others? Because I'm about to launch into a, a, a quite long trade about punditry in general. So please oh, okay, okay. get your nominations in before because it's going to take nah, a while. No, okay, I'm excited, I'm excited. Let, me, let me see right. if there's anything on the on the spot if I can if I can think about. Um, uh, I, oh, my one could be a tirade as well, but I'll just say it, and you guys can say what you want to say. But uh, get to me a lot again as an Arsenal fan. Um, this is not more on the fan side of football than the actual on the pitch. It's uh, thinking that criticizing your club is is makes you a bad fan. Um, yeah, weird. So weird, irritating. And it's so much like it's these like fans who have this idealized version of supporting football where it's like, oh, you go, you go watch the games, you um you support the team no matter what, even in the darkest times. It's like I want my club to do well. If they're not doing well, I'm going to voice my annoyance at it. Um I think you should I think my my because I, I definitely agree with you. My perspective on this is always um, I think it is a measure of a good fan that if you can afford to do so and use the financial means to do so, is to go to every game that you possibly can. And always show that initial support when you get there, regardless of what's happening. Yeah, but you shouldn't be expected like Spurs. We played when we played Leeds, 
I think Man United was a, a better example where, under Nuno, where the you are is your right as a fee paying fan to hurl horrific abuse at anyone and everyone that you think is to blame, and I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> If it's the board, the manager, the players, they they deserve the heat. Is my opinion. Is it your is it your right or your duty? I understand both both. I understand yeah. people that don't want to do it. I understand because it's think about it, at the end of the day, you are just screaming abuse at someone who like human can't being really <laughs> help. I'd say the only caveat between that would be board related stuff because board people, there's not like management. It's effectively all out of your hands, basically. Um, so it's a bit difficult to scream at them, in my opinion. And players, they're under so You also much don't, you don't know what's going on as much behind the scenes as you can exactly. look at 11 players on a football pitch who aren't performing very well. And ultimately as well, yeah, the, with the, like when you boo the players, I guess like at the end of the day, they aren't trying to have a bad game. Like they, yeah, they, they really do. They're trying yeah, their but best. Like... With the board, these aren't football men. These are grubby lawyers and businessmen yeah. who... I think at the same time, time don't know anything about the game. If you like on one like first, like if you perceive their attitude to be bad, which yeah, admittedly it's like purely like perception is all subjective. But like sometimes, if you just don't think they're trying, those those two Newcastle players fighting each other in two (laughs) thousand (laughs) six. Gallas, oh, also, oh, William Gallas for Arsenal. William I've never Gallas. seen someone more boo worthy in my entire life. <laughs> but like, I think also wearing think number ten at, as well. Fuck oh. that guy. Looking at it from the point of like, these are people getting paid an alarmingly high amount of money to do their jobs, and if they're not doing their jobs well, yeah. they're essentially as, public servants, aren't they? Yeah, as, as yeah. Phil Neville would say, they're serving um, us as fans. My if you were doing your job wrong. If as Phil Neville would say to you, Ed, if if you were doing your job wrong, would you expect to be booed on the street? Booed over Zoom? <laughs> there aren't millions of people watching me do my job. And, it, and uh, I, I get your point. One day there, one I day do there well. will be. Yeah, one day. Um, I get it. I get it. Um, but I think people that weirdly, I don't know what would you even call that, like because at the end of the day, I'm not going to defend an institution that I'm paying money towards that isn't doing what I want and is making incorrect, yeah. like wrong, greedy decisions like the Super League, for example. I, I like, guess I would say I'm more annoyed by like, uh, yeah, it's all a perception thing. It's like thinking thinking you're a better fan because you always support what the club is doing and the decisions that are being made no matter what. Like ultimately, if you're a fan and you don't want your club to be successful, it's I, I, we've, we've done whole episodes on this, but it's sort of like, what's the point? But uh, I think... It also changes on perspective because, like, I don't know. I've got a mate who's a Derby fan, and he always tells me that I'm just like a fucking crybaby because, well, like Arsenal are still doing like well yeah, compared, compared to, to Derby, Derby. <laughs> who are, I think are on the edge of liquidation, right? Like as we speak. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Rooney, as manager, is having to like pay the players' wages or something. <laughs> Horrifying situation. <laughs> they've well, they've somehow managed to break FFP from the championship so but yeah he's always like oh like you're still like in like the top 10 teams in the country like nah got like yeah and it's i don't know there's there's all kinds of respect perspectives (laughs) to look at everything from i don't like people that this would be a pet peeve of mine and maybe this is what you were saying as well um is almost like gatekeeping football frustration like yeah, with 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 Derby, I completely understand that is objectively a worse situation than our club has ever been in for, since we have been watching football. But 
it, it can get worse than that. It could be, you know, you could be a Berry fan. You don't have a club. You, you, you actually get, don't. It can always get, in life as well, it can always get worse. <laughs> so I'm not going to be like, well, you know, some other team miles away has it slightly worse than I do. So I'm allowed to just put up with, no, no, that's not how it works. That's it's not all, how again, it works. Yeah, as with everything, it's relative to expectations. Arsenal for years yeah. and years have been underperforming expectations. Uh, I want that to change. And I'm going yeah, to, I'm going now to the talk expectations about expectations are being lowered. But I, I'm rallying against that. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. on the front lines here, Ed. <laughs> He's on the battle. If I don't, if I don't tweet on my private account to 300 followers that Arteta is doing a bad job, who will? <laughs> <laughs> How are they going to know? <laughs> um, okay, no, that's a good point. More serious than I expected, but definitely a good point. Okay, let me please talk about punditry. Yeah, and I want to start off with a case, a case study here. Um, and really, actually, what actually made me decide to want to do this for an episode today was a, a clip from a certain Rio Ferdinand, um, who I actually initially quite liked as a pundit. I thought he was, he wasn't, he's not, he's not very dry in his delivery. He's quite, I don't know, I don't know what the word would be, um, bombastic. Excited, excited, excited. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, appealing to those sort of things that you want to hear in football, excitable, whatever. Um, but I saw something today from him. And he's a big target of mine now, and target of the podcast, um, where he was talking about Cristiano Ronaldo. You've not like, even get, you've, you've not even given us a chance to get behind this. You've just said the whole podcast is yeah, is... no, no, no. Because wait, you wait to you wait, you wait, you wait. He's talking about Cristiano Ronaldo taking a penalty where he like kind of slips. Effectively, what happened in the penalty where Ronaldo like slipped on the ball or something, something slipped, but it actually led him to taking a better penalty. Um, it's difficult to describe in words, but effectively. A f- like a weird thing happened and he took the penalty, he smashed it in and uh, Gary Lineker was saying, well, he definitely didn't mean that. No, 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 no. You know, in his very Gary Neville way. Yeah. And Rio Ferdinand inexplicably just starts saying, oh no, you used to do that all, all the time in training, Gary. All the time you used to do that. <laughs> like, it's just bollocks. Like, there's no way you could repeat that. Like, he's just lying. Like, you're lying to people. So that's number one. And that really set me off on him because uh, down the years, he's really frustrated me. I think his analysis... And I'll talk about more broader point I'm trying to make here, but his analysis isn't up to standard, in my opinion. He doesn't ever say anything of any real um, intrigue or particularly quality insight. It's just the absolute bare basics. Yeah. Um, Is it another thing where he's saying nothing you couldn't say? Exactly. He's he's saying... This is a case where... where I I genuinely think we could actually do a better job. Uh, If if we... it's obviously punditry is it's a it's an inherently name based thing, right? If if yeah. Rio Ferdinand was just some bloke, he in ten million years would never ever get that job because he doesn't have any insight really. Um, I mean, some of it is personality, and he does bring his own spin to things. Where yeah, he gets quite excited, but that's nothing that other pundits don't do far better. Um, it's true, and I, mean, I don't Mike, want to on him. Michael Richards is a shining example of this because I'd say they have similar levels of insight. Michael Richards is not an insightful pundit. He's not tactically particularly sort of no. tell you things, but he's got such a charismatic and enjoyable personality that it it he completely sort of rides rides on that. Um, I, just, no, I disagree. To be honest, I think I think Richard Michael Richards has a, a very a, a, well, in my mind, a, an acceptable level of tactical acumen in terms of he, oh, acceptable, day, heard, he, yeah. he's done so he's done some good stuff on match today where I've been like, yeah, I didn't notice that. 
Um, and there's a reason why Rio Ferdinand isn't, he isn't on those match of day things, in my personal opinion. There's a reason why people know. Um, and I'm not just talking about Rio Ferdinand, I'm talking about Robbie Savage. I'm not actually talking about Roy Keane. Um, and I'll get onto him in a minute. Um, but you talk about the, these calibers of players. Joe Cole is, is in that category. Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes. Even though he was exactly bang on about one particular thing uh, yeah. with United playing Liverpool. Aside from that, it, not only is it like utterly bereft of any entertainment, usually he's just saying the basics. Um, well, oh, God. Uh, Paul, Paul Scholes is... I think he might be the worst. Um in terms of Joe, Joe Cole, genuinely, I actually feel kind of sorry for what he's, but because, <laughs> but, because no, because he seems like a nice bloke, and I get the sense that he's really trying hard to be a good pundit, but yeah, he just fucks up. Like he he, <laughs> he, he stutters. Like it's, it's it's like delivery isn't great. He sort of stutters no. quite a lot. He doesn't have any insight. He doesn't maybe he maybe he is a very intelligent guy i don't know but he comes across as a not particularly intelligent bloke um but i just i'm like oh he's really trying his best paul skulls he seems like he doesn't want to be there like he just, doesn't say yeah. anything useful he sounds like he's dead inside he's a shit guy as well like yeah i really oh. did uh, yeah, stick stick to licking your daughter's feet. Did you, did you see today that um, Salford FC? I think it's Salford FC. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, play, the players celebrate. The players of a team that he owns celebrated by imitating him sucking a toe. Was it the team? The team <laughs> that played against Salford did that. In I thought it was yeah, his. Yeah. I, I thought it was his team. No, 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 I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Okay, okay. That would be very controversial. I don't know know which one's funnier. (laughs) You got BT Sport, I think, is the worst offender for this sort of thing because obviously they cover the Champions League. Um, And I do think they tend to purely rely on star power in terms of like, instead of quality analysis. Owen Hargreaves is another one. He's better than than some of the names I've mentioned, but he's not much better. Um, Paul Scholes, uh, absolute bottom barrel. Rio Ferdinand, for me, absolute bottom of the barrel and he gets all the top <laughs> jobs he gets all the top jobs um, when there's genuinely quality pundits out there that don't really get a sniff I don't know it, 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 bear in mind this is all part of the entertainment package that we're all enjoying right? it's not yeah. just it, the football obviously is, is the main the meat of this product but you've got this other stuff as well that people are educated Se- seasoning you know yeah exactly and it's just crap it's just fucking and while, crap and while we are white we do understand the importance of seasoning um, of course Okay, and that just about wraps up this episode for this week. Basically, uh, we went on a maybe an hour-long rant about various pundits. An episode that we will release very shortly, but until then, uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Please feel free to like, subscribe, and share, and we'll see you next week. Cheers.